are live. Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. I'm your host and your only host today, Mo Dodka. Carla and Nick left me hanging and left me with all of these buttons. So hopefully I don't goof it up and press these things too much because I love shiny things and <laughs> there's a lot of shiny stuff in front of me. Um, before we start, though, I want to introduce our two awesome guests. They're two of my favorite realtors to work with. They're also two of the hardest working realtors in Chicago. Um, I will start with Leela. Leela Bowie from Main Street Real Estate Group. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been a realtor, and uh, yeah, just tell us about you. Hello, hello. Um, I've been with Main Street, I think this is my third year. Gosh, I should keep better track of that. But um, I've been selling, I think this is my fifth year selling. And um, previously, I worked in a real estate office for quite a while when I was in college in my master's degree. So I got some handy experience um, about the transactions and so forth. So I really think that that was an op- awesome opportunity behind the scenes before I got selling. Um, and before that, I was pursuing a career in opera. So um, I still sing, but uh, the uh, the pursuit of auditions, those days are over. I Leela <laughs> is one of the, actually, she is the best singer I've ever heard. Oh, and I, I was so. going to make her sing on air, but she'll beat me up, so yeah, we can't get her to better. sing here. <laughs> but she's amazing. I remember when I watched you sing opera, I realized it's not just singing. It's so much singing and acting. So you're a great actress, and you can sing in a lot of languages. So that's pretty awesome. Thanks, Mel. Do you ever sing to your clients in the car? Uh, no, I do. I do a lot of humming, which is probably really annoying. Um, but I catch myself every once in a while. I'm humming and, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I, I hear you humming because most of them know, you know, that that I also sing as well. So they, they will comment on it. But yeah, no, no major opera belting. Awesome. And our next guest, I've never heard him sing. I don't and know don't if he's got a good to. voice. We can put him on the spot. No. Is Matt Neistat from At Properties. He's also one of the hardest working brokers I've ever worked with and just an all-around nice guy. So, Matt, thank you for coming on and Absolutely. tell us a little bit about Matt. Uh, well, I've been uh, – I'm, I'm from all over the place. Um, I've – I got into this because I understand what it's like trying to find stuff, and I had a bad experience years and years ago moving to L.A., and when I moved back to Chicago, um, with my background and my family's background in real estate, it was just a natural progression for me. Um, been doing this for a little over six years now, and I just enjoy working with people. There's, uh, you know, every day's a different day, so it makes life more interesting. Awesome. And guys, if you can see us on Facebook, uh, feel free to ask us some questions. We want to hear some of your questions. Today's topic is going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about the spring market. We're going to be talking about multiple offer situations. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, inventory. And then what do you do when you need to sell a house to buy? Because there's that dreaded home sales contingency, but it's uh, reality. Most people cannot own a home and then buy another one because they just can't get approved for the mortgage. So we're going to talk. We're going to touch on all of those topics. And the first one's kind of the spring market. It doesn't feel like spring outside. It still feels. It felt like spring yesterday, and then now today it's all of a sudden cold again. But the spring market is underway. So um, tell us, uh, Leela, what do you think um, the strength of the market is going into uh, spring this year in 2018? 
Uh, it's it feels strong. I think it's a little frustrating for buyers uh, in particular markets uh, where they're not seeing as enough inventory uh, per se yet. Uh, but things are coming on the market, so sellers, we need you come out, please uh, list your home. <laughs> we we're ready. Uh, so I think it's just uh, certain price points and certain markets um, are always going to have some lower inventory because there's more buyers, like four hundred thousand dollars and less. There's probably a lot more buyers than your um, millions of dollars. Um, market. So just uh, more of those homes I think we need, but yeah, it's a strong start, I think, and um, lots of buyers ready to buy. The strong start makes us realtors really, really happy. Matt, how about you? What are you saying over at uh, at Properties? I would agree with what Leela said. It's, um, it's We need sellers, for sure. Um, the market is strong. I have not seen it dip. I think that buyers are you know, despite the rental market, there are buyers out there that want to. I think a lot of it is that they're not finding what they want and they're driven to the alternative. Um, you know, and I think there's other factors in it as well that we'll probably touch on at some point in the show, but um, there, there's definitely a disconnect to the price point, you know, that 400, 500 and under for sure that we're not seeing as much of because the ultra luxury has kind of taken over in the condo sale world right now. Yeah, and even people who are not in that ultra luxury price point sometimes want that ultra luxury look. It's right. tough. It's really tough to uh, you know, people see homes online and it, everything's accessible. You can go on Zillow, you can go on realtor.com as a consumer and you can right. look at all these places. So you're looking at places you bump your price point a little bit and then who one bump up and everything gets really nice. So it's really hard to uh, to kind of take somebody who might not be in that budget and tell them, hey, listen, like you might not get all of that, but you can buy the place and then renovate it. You and I were talking off air a little bit about people who could just buy a place that's in their price point and over time renovate. But you were saying most people don't want to do that. Right. And, and, the, and I don't know if it's – there was a generation, I think it was more that came before us, that loved the idea of that. Um, and I'm not sure why it isn't that way anymore. You know, for me, I would love to buy a place, spend fifty, a hundred thousand dollars less, and move in and do the work over time and spend the money when I have it. And when you go and sell it, you're you're selling it for more than obviously the hope is. But if you do your due diligence and work with the right people, you'll find that point where you can sell it for even more than what you paid and what you put into it. Yeah, that's the key. You got to make sure that your realtor and you're working with somebody who knows what they're doing. So if you're going to buy a home that needs work, you don't want to over improve it unless you're going to live there forever. Like I am in my home. I mean, I'm an over improver. I did stuff where I couldn't sell it right now and get all my value back, but I made it for me. But if your plan is to sell, you want to make sure you're putting the right amount of money in so that right. when you sell, you can get that back. And you're a good realtor like you guys can tell your clients, um, listen, spend this much money and you're going to get this much back uh, at the end. Um, do you guys think the interest rate hike, the recent slight interest rate hike, Nick's not here because if Nick was here, he would, uh, he'd would he be explaining a little bit more about the interest rates, but we've seen a little bit of a hike. Leela, do you think the hike has slowed people down at all or do you think it's just uh, a bump in the road? 
I'm not sure about the the bump in the road, how many more bumps we're going to have. And I think it's going to get a little bumpy, according to some folks in the mortgage industry that I've talked to. But I don't think it's slowing anything down right now. Um, I know for myself speaking, I am in the market to buy. And uh, my husband and I are, are working towards that and finding the right place. And we see that interest rate. And we saw it jump up in the last you know 60 days uh, considerably. So, well, for us, it's, it seems considerable. But, um, you know, we're not in the 1980s. But, um, you know, I think that uh, that it is sort of settling in with people that they're going to have a higher interest rate. And so maybe there is a little push for more buyers like, oh, I got to lock something in now. Let's let's get it going. You know, I need to find the right place immediately. So that could be some sense of urgency that's coming out with people. Um, and then, you know, I'm sure I think it is predict- predicted that that's going to go up even further. So I think there's a little maybe some anxiety with folks. Um, and then um, but as far as the long term uh, effects of that, you know, they say maybe um, if it really goes up, that home sales will have to come down to sort of accommodate that or, you know, subsidize that in some way. But I'm not seeing that yet. I don't think we're there yet. Awesome. How about you, Matt? What do you think about these interest rates or the slight interest rate hike? Overall, I still feel like borrowing is cheap money, right? Your interest rate is still relatively low, um, especially compared to what it was at one point. Um, I don't think it's stopping people from buying. Um, You know, I get the question, as I'm sure you two do, you know, what is it, you know, why is it going up? How much is it going to go up? And, you know, when it does go up, it's not stopping people. And they're like, oh, it's gone up, you know, quarter point, a half point. (laughs) Right. You know, if it jumped up, a full point, you know, in the time period there, you know, that might be a different story or more. But I still feel like the interest rates are low enough that, yes, it's affecting, but it's not dramatic where somebody cannot fully afford to, they have to completely put it off. And I agree. It, memories are short. I've said this on the show before. People are thinking, oh my God, they were in the threes a year ago. But they don't realize in the mid 2000s, they were seven, eight. And you go back to the 90s and 80s, they were in the teens. So historically, like you both said, it's really, really low. And I agree. Money is relatively cheap. You can make a lot more money off of your money right now than it costs to borrow. So if you're borrowing at you know, four and a half, even if you got to 5%, people can invest their money and make a whole lot more than 5% right now. So it, it does make sense. It does make sense to still take out loans. And the rental rates are going up. So what's the alternative to not buying a house? You're going to buy a rental where rental rates are going up right now. I was sitting through a YPN breakfast yesterday where um, Greg Pekarski, and shout out to Greg, he's an awesome realtor. He was talking about how his business went from doing a lot of rentals to turning a lot of those renters into first-time home buyers. And he said a quarter of the people that our renters end up becoming buyers the following year. And he said the average rental price, and I don't know the mm-hmm. exact number, but it was 2200 to $2,400 a month in Chicago. He said that equates to a $350,000 uh, home. So have you guys seen the same thing with rental hikes? Matt, I know you've dealt with a lot of kind of, uh, I've seen a lot of your posts about new high rises going up. I know you're pretty active on social media about that. Seeing a big uh, push in more new rental buildings? So, yeah, I mean, the rental buildings, they're not going to stop anytime soon. Whether or not anybody likes it, they're just... I mean, I think there was an article last week or earlier this week that came out that said there's a roughly 4,000 to be delivered by the end of this year and another mm-hmm. 3,000 by the end of 2019. Um, you know, deconversions are... You know, the land is too much, so now developers and investors are going after these buildings. Canelli Square is a big one that was, you know, in the papers for a while. Um, I think... You know, if I read the article correctly, there was another one in the loop that just got announced. Um, 
and I think that the rental market is just going to be there. What I'm kind of hoping, and maybe I'm optimistic, is that some of these buildings um, will start converting back to condos. Some of the older buildings that are lowering their rental price point because the newer buildings are more attractive will start to convert, and, and that will help out. Um, yeah. But I agree with you. I mean, these buildings, there was one I just saw, uh, an ad came through on my email. They're giving three months free to, to move in there. It's crazy. You know, and, and to your point about the mortgage versus the rental is, you know, what most people don't tell these renters when they're going to these rental buildings is that when you go to renew, all of that incentive goes away and you're starting off from the base rent. So what do you do? Do you move again after a year? Do you, you know, try to maybe negotiate or do you find a place to buy? And I have a client who just closed on a house and that's what she did. She got sick of dealing with the rentals and she's a single girl, but she bought and she's very happy, you know, and her father explained it to her and he's like, this isn't, you know, investing in the stock market. You're investing in yourself and putting the money towards yourself versus somebody else. Right. And there's that flexibility of you get to not have to every single year potentially move. You never know if your landlord's going to say, hey, listen, sales prices went up. And now in a rental building, they're not going to kick you out. They'll love to take you back in. But if you're not in a rental building, your landlord can say, hey, um, tough luck. I'm selling now. You got to move. Leela, we were talking. We, we drove over here in the same car. And she's about, you're about to buy uh, your home. And you were talking about, well, I can go there. I can move in and I can slowly do things. And you see yourself staying there for five, seven years. Um, is that something that you've been kind of thrown to your clients as well like hey listen like you don't have to move every single year if you end up becoming a home buyer right i i totally agree with you guys um there's you know renting serves its purpose for a, for a time and for the season sometimes folks they just they they love to rent and they you know i have a friend in their 60s and they've rented forever and they've been in the same place for i think 20 years or something and they've gotten lucky they have a wonderful landlord that lives above them and they have an awesome experience there and that's what they like to do but i think for most people you know return on that money is very important especially after a certain age um, and you don't have to live there forever you know, it's, it's, you know, you can make it, make it, uh, you know, a, a place of your own if it, if it needs work. Personally, that's what I like. Um, I'd love to go in and put some money into, into a place and make it what I want. Um, but I think too, with rentals that, um, especially for folks like with dogs or multiple pets, things like that, there the restrictions are getting tighter and tighter on those folks, um, who, who have those type of things that they need parking they also have pets they they have too many things that they need because sure. they're outgrowing their space and their landlords don't you know they're you know they're not going to accept the dogs or whatever so you have a lot more flexibility with the purchase not to mention all the other benefits you're speaking to a guy with a 130 pound yeah. german shepherd in <laughs> chicago they deem that a dangerous yeah. dog breed he's a lap dog and i yeah. got five cars so I mean, Mo, parking's were you tough ever, were you ever a renter <laughs> i just can't even no i wasn't <laughs> i I, I, so. I bought pretty early on but but, you know, it's one of those things where I, I Airbnb'd when I was doing renovation. So I did buy a house that I renovated. And when I was trying to Airbnb, nobody would take me because I, mm -hmm. I would call ahead and I was like, I just want to Airbnb for a month. And they would say, uh, and I would say, I have a dog. And like, what kind of dog? I got a German Shepherd. How big is he? 130 pounds. Nope. Sorry. Next. So I was calling people like a renter and I was starting to feel that myself. Um, it was tough. So I got to ask a nitro question. And usually we hear like the wheels spinning and the vroom vroom in my headphones, but it's not there. So I'll just make the vroom vroom sound myself. Matt, it's going to go to you, buddy. I'm not going to make Leela, um, Leela have to, um, 
answer the question. So <laughs> I got to tell you who the sponsor is first. It's Lisa Jacino from Allstate Insurance Company. The Nitro question is brought by her. Thank you, Lisa. And Matt, we're going to talk about pet peeves. We, uh, we were talking a little bit uh, before we started the show about you know some pet peeves here and there. Give me your biggest buyer pet peeve. Not yet. I'm going to come back. Think about it for a bit. At the end of the show, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about what your big pet peeve is. Right. So. As the spring market's uh, kind of getting busy, we're running into kind of the bidding war situation too. Have you guys started to see bidding wars? And uh, I'll uh, give it to you, Matt. Um, what's your uh, what's your angle on bidding wars? Uh, do you do anything in specific to help you guys have a better shot at winning those things? So yes, um, I just was in an ish, uh, a situation. Seventeen offers. Oh my gosh, that was wow. the same property. Yeah. Uh, were you 16 yeah. and 17? Yeah. Oh my gosh, no, I'm serious, that is hilarious. Yeah, it's, um, we, we didn't had, plan this. We both had buyer, oh my gosh, we have to talk about that after the show. Um, so yeah, so... Yeah, that was a great place. You know, I knew what that market was going to be like because I sold a place a couple blocks away last year and we had it on the day, you know, market for one day and, you know, my clients got exactly what they want so we did it and we moved on. But to this point... Um, yeah, I mean, 17 offers. We had a couple who, first time out, it says maybe the second or third place they saw, they didn't need to go out again. And what could you do other than write the sappiest, heartfelt letter? Mm -hmm. You know, I said, remember when you were walking through there, what did you see? Well, they have kids. It looks like they just had a kid and we're about to have one. I go, connection, right? You know, at 17 offers, it's a long shot. Two or three offers, you know, I'm optimistic. Um, and you know, we went back and looked at it, and it, we were we didn't get it. Um, I was gonna say because we would have to put a wall up between <laughs> us right now if you won that offer. Well, I thought I you won it, and then she you had lost that. I was like, oh my god, I created no, I was, controversy okay, here. Sorry, keep going. But, if I had, there would be a big sign all over social media: <laughs> beat out seventeen people. No, yeah, that's true. But but that is it is definitely um, you know I, I showed a client of Mo and I's uh, Mo. Also does a lot of uh, uh, Tim and Mo do a lot of the stuff for the attorney side for my clients. And um, we were out last night. We walked into a place, and the agent said, "We have an offer." Uh, just so you guys know. Um, and then you know, called me back twenty minutes later and said, "Hey, we got another one." Right. So, what do you do? Um, and I'm not one of those. I'm not a car salesman. I'm not you know. For me, I tell my clients, "You have two choices: we keep the search going, and you just try not to get frustrated, or we go in with our best foot forward, knowing that." You know, you have to make the strongest, compelling argument possible right off the bat. And we pray that between that and me explaining who you are as a person and how easy we'll make the deal on everybody, that it works. Did you get it? Uh, no. No. The 17? No. <laughs> the 17, no. no. That's tough because, I mean, with 17 offers, somebody comes in. We had one, too. It was a six-unit, um, or actually a four-unit. Um, you could have turned it into a six. Where I walked up with my client, and there was like 20 groups of people outside. And I'm like, uh-oh. And South Shore? No, no, no. It was Logan Square. And it, it, the place needed work. 
And there were no photos when they posted it online, but it was right in the FHA window for like a four unit. So there was a lot of people there, lots of cash offers. We weren't cash, so we lost out, but people went way over what I thought the place was worth. So I told my client, and I'm like you, I'm not a sales guy um, in the sense that I'm not going to let buy, let one of my clients buy something they shouldn't. So I was like, listen, this is going ridiculous. Just let's keep mm-hmm. looking. The spring market's getting hotter. And, and we will find you the right property. How about you, Leela? What do you do with uh, bidding wars and multiple offer situations? Yeah, well, we, I had a, you know, it was a crazy experience with that 17 offer place. Um, and, you know, my client and I had been looking for a long time. She just literally fell in love with that place. But I have to say, I mean, there's definitely, I love the touch with, you know, if the, if it's appropriate for your clients to do the, the, um, the cover letter with their offer and all of that. Um, there's so many different, you know, schools um, of thought for multiple offer situations, but I kind of think, um, you know, there is a sort of a tier system that that pe- maybe people don't know about, um, and uh, so I think the. Um, are we still on? Are we good? Yeah. We're oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I don't like. I got a FaceTime from <laughs> Carla. Like, I, I didn't know if I was supposed oh, to answer. Carla, She's the other Carla? guest, so I was like, yeah. oh, "What's going on?" Okay. So. Um, you know, every it's funny because every listing agent, like this particular listing agent that we were working with, trying to you know make an offer on the place, um, this this particular seller and listing agent decided we're gonna. I think they listed on like a Thursday or something, and then they set it up front because they knew that place was hot. They said we're not gonna look at any offers until Monday at four p.m. So they went the entire weekend, and they they had literally people came in droves to see this place because it was priced very well. It was undervalued, I think, um, and so it, it sort of elicited a, um, mm-hmm. a a bidding war, essentially. So there's that school of thought. Whereas other places that will come on the market, you never know. They they could take the first offer they get if it's good. So it's it's very subjective, I think, to, to how the listing agent wants to approach it with that buyer, too. So that's why I think, I mean, it's doubly important to work with a realtor because they can make that connection with that listing agent. They can see or foresee those things that come up. Um, super important. Other ways you could strengthen your offer amount of earnest money um, if you could try to go above and beyond with that. Um, if you uh, don't have a home sale contingency, which I know we'll touch on later, um, you know, there are other things you could do like, you know, obviously bid as much as you can. Um, they have escalation clauses that you uh, can talk favorite. about, yeah. um, which some realtors will advise their clients or their clients don't want to do it. Um, so it's all subjective again to that relationship between lister, listing agent and realtor. So, um, you know, you could try the escalation clause if that works, um, if it works for your budget too. But I think a really good thing to remember is in this, you know, it's kind of discouraging sometimes for buyers in this, you know, opening market where we just don't have enough listings yet. People are still, you know, you know, sweeping leaves or I don't know what they're doing, but, um, you know, let's, you know, once it gets hotter, I think there'll be more listings, but it's a little discouraging. And I, I think it gets pretty heated, obviously, but the point I'm making is that, um, you just you just never know and you just have to put your best foot forward there's no way as a realtor we can know how much that bidding that bidding 
that winning bid was. Um, so we just have to put our best foot forward and don't pay a dime more than you're comfortable paying for that place. I mean, if you want to feel like you're winning, that's awesome. Feel like you're winning, you go for it. But when you're, I always tell my clients this when you're sitting in, in your living room after you've won the property and you're closed on it, you want to think to yourself, oh, yeah, I won this place and I am feeling really good about my purchase. Or are you going to think, oh, my God, I let the market get to me and I overpaid? Yeah, it's the biggest purchase of your life, so make a smart one. I use escalation clauses a lot. Um, I think with an escalation clause, you have to be able to explain it to the listing agent and your client well. So some listing agents have seen them before, some just have never seen them. And if they've never seen them, there's an education piece that goes into that. And then you gotta give your client Mm -hmm. another education piece that says this is what you're doing. So I use them a lot, but I think more and more uh, we're gonna see multiple offer situations, especially on the good stuff, like we were saying, the dated stuff, you know, that might not have it unless they're really listed real low, right. but the uh, the good stuff is gonna have a, uh, a ton of offers on them. How about pocket listings? Matt, what do you, uh, have you dealt with pocket listings at all? I know you guys have like a network of pocket listings over there at, uh, at but do you, do you look at them? People always think that's like the kind of hot and sexy thing if you can find pocket listings, mm-hmm. and there's not a ton of them out there. Some people are like, well, can you just find something off market? I'm like, I'll try, but it's not like I can just like yeah. shake the tree and all these great off-market properties come, you know, falling down. The the off-market properties that I see come on the market, they're they're almost very very similar, right? Um, you definitely have the higher price point, you know that. Um, but but to, to what you were saying is, you know, what do we do? I, for me, for the pocket listings, I call agents that I know that I have relationships with. Like, right, I'll I'll bother you, you know. I got one maybe for you. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk tomorrow. We've been talking about this pocket you know, five unit. Um, but we we constantly, you know, it's just the networking between agents. Hey, do you have something? You know, I, I'll tell people. Listen, I'll sign an NDA if I have to. You know, even if it's just a condo, just to get some information to see if it would even meet you know, my client's needs or send over what my client's looking for. Um, I, I think one of the most undervalued positions of real estate is the relationship of realtors within, you know, whether it's our own company mm-hmm. or outside is that I don't really view this as a complete individual business where I know a lot do. I view it as, you know, I have a working relationship with everybody I've ever done business with and you know if everything's done right and something does come off the market you know they call and say hey Matt I know you had been looking for X for a while and you still have that client you know we haven't put it on the market yet you know this is where we're going to be at with it kind of thing Um, and I think there's value to that and that's kind of how yeah, 100%. And you're a really nice guy, and Lilo's really nice, too. There's some jerks out there that, uh, yeah, you're only hurting yourself by being mean to other realtors because you you and I do it all the time. You know, you it's like, hey, I'll sign an NDA. I'm like, I, I trust you, buddy. I don't need you to sign the NDA. But, right. um, yeah, that's a very undervalued um, strength in your realtor, having connections in the industry. One of the best things about the YPN, and I'm giving a shout out to Carr and the YPN, is um, I think we do a good job of bringing realtors together so that they can they can be comfortable with one another, get to know one another. And um, I think just with those sorts of connections, it makes a humongous difference. Like you said, it's a good point too. call the good realtors, you know, and try to see if they have anything coming up. Um, I'm going to uh, shift topics a little bit. What about time frame? Leela, how soon before somebody needs to move should they be looking to become a, like a, how soon should they start searching 
when they want to become a home buyer? Um, well, there's there's an element of self self searching, <laughs> and I call soul searching too. Um, but as far as working with a realtor, um, definitely some things sh- I think should happen uh, from within uh, before you get in that car and go shopping. Um, I, I think as soon as possible, as soon as you feel that bug, uh, like oh we got to move, or maybe we'll be thinking about moving. I say the earlier the better because the more education you can, the more you can educate yourself um, on the area you want to be exactly what you can afford what you want to spend is oftentimes different than what you can afford um get pre-approved get pre-approved talk to a lender so maybe just starting that conversation with a realtor or hopefully you have a realtor in your life that that you could trust or hopefully if not give matt or leela a call yes call us so um you know i think it's important to start that conversation build a game plan for yourself so there's all kinds of situations that folks are in whether they've got a home to sell a home to buy or home to sell and then a home to buy or if they're just a first-time home buyer and they have a million and one questions um, if they're moving up in to their second home purchase and they, they've done this before but they want to do things differently this time so just building that um, building that game plan and really using utilizing um, places like Zillow and Trulia or whatever um, you know all the internet gods that are out there that have listings um, you know once you get to a serious level I think it's very important to start a direct MLS search with your realtor but just to get to know the areas um, and become familiar with what you can get for your money, I think is very important early on. So like at least six months, you know, five months. Um, and then jump in the car as, as, as soon as your realtor and you have decided on a time, that's good. Um, but usually to close, if you're using like a down, pay- um, sorry, not a down payment, a, uh, a loan oh. product, um, I would say... Uh, you know, to be safe, 45 days. Um, I know our, our our buddy that we work with says he can get the loan done in three weeks, and that's awesome, and, and he's saved my butt many times. But I think... Um, you know, to be safe, we should yeah. probably stick to the 45 days, especially when it starts getting hot. And know. especially if you're a first-time home buyer. Yeah. Um, you know, lenders can do this stuff in three weeks, but that relies on your tack too. You better be quick at getting them stuff. You know, I tell everybody you can control a closing as a buyer about 60 days. So if you put in an offer, most people are closing somewhere between 30 and 45 days out, call 45 the average. Mm But you can give somebody an offer and say, I want to close in 60 days and they might kick and scream a little, but they'll probably take it. But if you send somebody an offer and, hey, I want to close 90 or 120 days out, they're going to be like, ah, that's a long time out. So, you know, back out how long you think it's going to take to search. And Lila, you're right. Know what you want. If you have no idea and you have like 15 different neighborhoods you want, well, go hang out in those. I tell people, spend a night or a lunch period and Mm -hmm. go hang out in that downtown area. Go hang out in that neighborhood. Get familiar with it and then narrow your search. Yeah, Yeah. go do whatever you got to do. If you're the type of person that goes out for dinner, go hang out in that downtown at night you know, and just have dinner, but just get familiar with where you want to be and definitely get pre-approved because... um, Two reasons. One, if you start looking at you know half million dollar homes, but you're only approved to four hundred, it's going to be really hard to get that really nice home out of your head, and vice versa. You might not know how much you can afford, and you might be like, ah, I'm not finding anything my price point I love, but your price point might be a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. You know, with mortgage rates, Matt, you were saying there's money's still cheap. You know, every hundred thousand dollars on your mortgage roughly works out to five hundred bucks a month. It could be a little bit less, but. Um, you might be approved for more than you think. Now, you touched on there's two different types of people buying, people who are renting and turning into buyers, and then people who have to sell 
to then turn into buyer's mat. That's a dreaded home sales contingency. Um, is there a tip, tricks, a bunch of them that you think um, if you got to sell a home and buy one that you would utilize for your clients? So, yeah, I, the biggest thing is you. I would – so I'm dealing with this right now, which Mo will also be dealing with shortly, um, <laughs> as soon as we find the place. Um, what I've told them is, and we've we've had the conversation about how we do it, because the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest mistake is finding a home that you want to buy and your home's not on the market yet. And and I think that's that's the first step is that your home has to either be ready to go to market immediately or it has to already be on the market. Because if you put in an offer on something and you don't even have it on the market, you know, that person's going to say, we don't even, when is it going to be on the market? You know, how long is it going to take? You know, not every neighborhood is Lincoln Park, Wicker Park, you know, Lakeview, that properties sell quickly. Um, and so that's what we're going through now is getting it ready. Um, you know, once we go to market, it's let's start looking for the right home. Let's find you the right home, you know, and then it's it's, you know giving the other person on the other side of the deal as much information about what you're you have right what neighborhood you are in what type of home price point so they feel comfortable with it you know i i was in one a couple of years ago and it was the first one i ever did and the other side of the deal didn't want to give their buyers information to us and my buyer was buying he was moving to illinois so he was using you know different realtors and the other realtor didn't want to give us any information about the the deal and how can I explain that to the listing agent, you know, what kind of deal we have, how solid it is? You know, it was like a fight. Um, it's transparency. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's it, ridiculous. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, you got to know your audience. Your so, too. Right. Somebody is trying to sell their home to you as well. Make them comfortable. And I think you hit it right. you got to be very close to listing your home or listed. And if you're very close, I send the photos of what I'm going to list. I send my CMA. I tell them what I'm going to price it at. So I send them days on market for similar homes. Like, guys, don't worry. We'll be under contract right. quick. But if you're like, hey, I want to buy your house, but I don't know when I'm going to list my house. Well, think about it. Put yourself in the seller's shoes then. You got to think you're not going to be okay with that. And I always tell my sellers when uh, they're selling and buying, you're about to be a seller too. If a buyer now came to you with that, would you be comfortable? And typically they're like, no, I wouldn't be. But yeah, obviously getting listed right away. And I tell people sometimes, list right, list smart, get under contract in your home, and then again, use that 60-day control window. So if your buyer's like, I wanna close in 45, maybe ask them to close in 60, and then you have 60 days to right. really find what you want put the pedal down, find your next home, and then hopefully a really good lender gives you up to about three weeks worth of time where they can close and, and you're okay. Right. Lila, how about you? Well, Any I tips? was going to say like sort of the flip side of that where um, it's really like gauging your market too. If you're moving from a completely different market um, you know, and getting into a situation where you're in a competitive market versus, uh, so I, I have some clients moving from, you know, south, or I'm sorry, from west suburbs, but way west. And so the market's a little different over there, um, at least in their realtor's opinion or in their opinion. Um, so I got, I had a good relationship. I'm making a good relationship with that other realtor because they're going to buy here in the city. And, you know, we they may 
they may have to sort of wait for that property to sort of move and then make a quick decision over here. But taking that time to really educate yourself about where you're moving and what you're looking for so that hopefully that property is magically there for you when you need it and when they get a contract on their home. But they've been listed for a while. Um, so sometimes it could take months. It could take a year to sell your house, depending on what market you're moving from. But on the flip side, too, um, I have clients here that are just moving neighborhoods, but one of their neighborhoods and their search criteria it's 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 pretty strict and good for them you know they want what they they want the best for them so it's it took a while to find them the right place but once we did then immediately like you to your point too then immediately we would consider listing their home these folks don't have a home sale contingency but they they couldn't they don't want to afford two mortgage payments for too long so something that's important to remember when you buy your home usually the lender will not you won't have a mortgage payment for a couple of months maybe one two months after closing so if you are in a market that you can sell your home quickly once you're under contract you do have a little room there you have yeah. a little grace period for your if the lender allows you to have two homes at once i mean this is a different topic but um for them it, it kind of works out that that will be able to list their home very quickly um, and sell their home very quickly. I'm very confident of that. Um, so I'm actually telling them to wait until after attorney review is over to list because I don't want them to be homeless then, you know, You're if, risky. if something happens. So, <laughs> yeah, so we, we, you know, it really is just dependent on the person and the client and, and maybe their risk level. Some people take out uh, home equity lines of credits to try to fund their next purchase. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that people do. So. Yeah. Bridge loans, there's tons Bridge of loans, ways to yeah. do it. And, um, I, you know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of ways to do it. I've seen um, I've seen people try to buy homes and just not have a home sales contingency when they need it and try to kill deals with mortgage contingencies. We get calls at the law firm all the time saying like, hey, I know I have to sell my home to buy. But somebody told me, and it's typically a realtor that's just like telling them the wrong stuff. They said, you know, paragraph eight, the mortgage contingency, I can just kill it if I don't get a mortgage. So do we really have to put that in there? And I tell people, be honest, because technically your mortgage contingency, and this is for all you realtors that are telling your clients this, it it means that you are in good faith attempting to get the mortgage. If you know that without selling your home, you can't buy the next home, you can't just kill under mortgage contingency. Now, will every other side's attorney or seller check up on that when they get a mortgage denial letter? Maybe not, but if they do, um, you are definitely in breach. So I see it happen all the time. I've seen it happen on my files where I'm the attorney and somebody kills the deal and then I find out they're selling. Me and Tim will do a little bit of due diligence. We'll make sure you don't do our clients dirty. We will, uh, (laughs) we'll look into it, but it happens from time to time. Do you see that, Matt? I, luckily, I have not. I have not. Okay. Um, luckily, yeah. Uh, that you know, there's not a lot of things that anger me, but that would definitely, <laughs> um, you know. Again, there's there's anybody can look up if somebody has a mortgage. It's not it's not that hard to do. Um, and so why lie? You know, just the transparency thing, right? That's that's what it's about. One of the things I even thought of as we're sitting here about how to go about it is if you need more time, and let's say the other person's already moving out, and it's a financial burden on them. And you know you can afford, you know, the extra payment. Maybe offer to say, I'll, I'll, whatever your carryover costs are for the one or two months to keep things on track, we'll care, we'll take care of if we have to at that point, right? right. There, there's ways where you don't have to kill the deal right away. You know, it's just yeah. it's creative. And when you're working with realtors, 
like Layla or like yourselves and attorneys and you have the creative way of figuring those things out. Yeah, and that's a key. Again, the the worth of your realtor, especially one like these two that um, has knowledge to get creative and has seen these situations, uh, realtors are worth their weight in gold. I, I see a lot of attempts at cutting realtors out of the industry and that's a totally different topic that I'm very passionate about and I won't get into. But the industry needs realtors. So if you're a consumer and not a realtor or lender listening, you need us. You can't cut us out. We're here to stay. We're not going anywhere, especially the good ones. Um, and we know where you live. Yeah, we, we know how to find out where you live. Um, nitro question. So I got to come back to it because we are getting close to running out of time. Wow. So fast. I know it went fast. You time flies when you're having fun or they just speed the clock up and they're like you guys are boring us (laughs) they speed that clock up and they're like get off the air no i think uh we're having a good time so nitro question answer it buddy pet peeve pet peeve um i'd say it really doesn't just fall with just buyers i think it's um Uh uh-oh sellers you're gonna get it too agent you know if if you can't make a showing something happens it's life it's part of it shoot a text an email call Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it. You know, I I don't even care if I'm there early and you're on your way. I just, you know, I want to know. You know, um, you know, I had some, and the reason it's so fresh in my brain is I had somebody just do this where I, you know, they said they would email me. They never did. Then I, um, I shot them and said, Hey, I know you're really interested. Are you still planning on swinging by? Um, didn't respond. And then 30 minutes after the appointment was set, they call and say, Hey, we're here. <laughs> and. I, I wasn't there any longer. You know, right. why, you know, after attempts that day and the day before to just confirm everything, why would I assume that they'd be there? Um, and she was nice about it. She understood. But it, it's just communications. You know, uh, we understand that life happens and things happen as realtors. Like, it's our job to be there. And we we take on whatever comes, you know, from your life. That's what our job is, too. I cringed when you said that because I agree. Listen, realtors, if you are supposed to show or homeowners or home buyers, it's a if you're fundamental up, people problem. I mean, that's just show yeah, up yeah, or at least let someone know I'm a late guy. Everyone laughs yeah. like I'm five minutes late to everything. <laughs> and I'm like driving like a madman everywhere. But if I'm running late, somebody knows I'm running late because I'm giving them a heads up. And half hour late is really late. I think five minutes to when you're supposed to be there or you're still kind of on time. But if you're that late, and I see it in the suburbs a lot because I've moved to the suburbs, so I'm doing city and a lot of suburbs. Suburbs, they have these crazy hour-long windows and they're not as used to us being present. So I'm at some of my showings and they, you know, realtors show up and like, hell are you doing here? I'm like, I'm here to show the property. And sometimes they're not used to that. So they they have these like hour long windows and they'll show up at, you know, the 45th minute. So some of my suburban showings, they're like, Hey, can we show between, you know, seven and eight? And I'm like, no, you can show between seven and seven 30 because my clients have to leave the house and you can be within a half hour punctual. Now I get the drive time is longer, but I I, I'm with you. That makes me cringe. And, uh, Lisa Jacino from Allstate Insurance, thank you for sponsoring that uh, Nitro question. But I, I agree. That is uh, my pet peeve. And Leela's shaking her head that she too agrees that that's one of her <laughs> pet peeves. Um, let me see if we have any uh, comments on Facebook. We got... Um, uh, I just saw this, Leela. Great show by Chris. Kyle Berger says he's looking good, Mo. Well, that's very nice of you. <laughs> we got a... 
Carla, hola, Carla FaceTimed us, and then that's when we kind of went oh, out for a second. I, I, know, I, thought I think she forgot we're completely on air right now, but uh, she's she's <laughs> watching. So, hi, Carla. Jim, who changed his Facebook name to Jim Bird, but it's really Jim Pitak. What's up, Jim? He said, dealt with that exactly, found a place, then decided we had to sell. Jason says, go, Matt. And then Nick Mametti, my man crush on the show. Look at Mo, all grown up. Good work, man. Okay. High five. Thanks, buddy. Um, all right. Give me, uh, for both of you, one or two quick tips um, for somebody who's about to get their home buying process started. Leela, ladies first. Um, give me some tips to somebody who might be watching is um, thinking of starting the home buying process this Home spring. buying or home selling? Because um, I, I, I know we, we, we touched on some either. home buying. Run it with home so, buying or home selling. Okay. Two well, tips for either or. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to do some home selling. And then you're um, going to get the buying. Or whatever. Right, that's you can perfect. say whatever you want. <laughs> so, um, you know, something that I, two things that I noticed just during my um you know, it's funny, like you notice a little more things sometimes when you're shopping for yourself <laughs> and, um, you know, in working with buyers and, and, and this is this is important to them. They want to know what the layout feels like. And I have a few buyers that, that they have some they've taken the time to really narrow down in you know what they want in a place and and what they want in a layout and something very specific. So if you're going to list a property, ask your realtor or, you know, ask your realtor if in their marketing materials they will offer a floor plan of your home. I think it's I think it should be required, honestly, um, because you cannot tell from pictures usually most of the time that you know what that layout is like and layout is is an extremely functional it's a it's, it's a crucial part of of the home so obviously floor plans can be changed and so forth but i think it's important to have that that digital or a pdf of, of a floor plan in the photos and then also um you know taxes can be detrimental to someone's monthly payment um and if they're incorrectly put on the listing by your realtor um and and it's 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 an easy thing to mistake to to do by mistake but let's say um i'm coming across several homes that where a senior citizen has owned the home and um they've passed recently or something um and it may be an, be a couple of years ago that they passed and it still says that there's a, a specific let's say the taxes are 7500 um but it says senior free and homeowner exemption and that all these exemptions are part of that number when really when I look it up directly from the Cook County or Will County DuPage website assessors website it actually says that they haven't gotten an exemption in two to three years so that number will significantly rise or fall based on those home homeowners exemptions or whatever being a part of that tax number so they're just reported incorrectly so many times so often that I feel like you know it's easy for a buyer just to just to you know, scroll past it because they're like, oh, taxes are too high. Taxes are too high. Don't um, be lazy. So, yeah, it's, it sounds really simple, but it's a it's an easy mistake that can cost a lot of buyers um, walking past your listing. Yeah. I don't even I don't even tr- when my clients tell me my taxes are this much. I don't trust it. No, I actually go, go on the go county's look. website and I pull up the exact number. It's public knowledge. Yeah, yeah, you can do that, and and yeah, you know. It's. I, I get a lot of people, and I don't want to poo-poo Lake County here, but I'm going to poo-poo Lake County for a second mm-hmm. here. But you know, when you're moving from, you know, a lot of times I'm dealing with Glenview, Northbrook, Deerfield, and I love Deerfield. I put a lot of clients in homes in Deerfield, and taxes are are fine for the most part. But 
the difference of eight thousand dollar a year taxes for the same home, you know, that's you know six seven hundred dollars a month. You can buy a hundred thousand dollar nicer home in a different township with eight nine thousand dollar less taxes. So taxes are definitely a consideration people have to take. And it's not to say don't go someplace and pay high taxes. My taxes are ridiculous. You can also, if you have tax questions and if there's a senior freeze or a homeowner's exemption, and you don't know how much the values of those things are, and and if they're accurate, but you don't know if the senior freeze drops off, how right. much that is, reach out to your real estate attorney. They can typically calculate that. If you're calling our firm to I can ask, calculate it. Whoa. <laughs> I know how to do it. Good for you. Because I've been doing it on my own search. So wow. it's, you can figure it out and it, it could make a difference in your monthly payment, hundreds of dollars. Well, I, Huge. I, I, not to interrupt you, but I no, think that's okay. like the biggest misconception in my opinion is that you get pre-approved for X amount. But you're not like that's not what you're really looking for. You're looking for a monthly payment that exactly. you can a afford. Combo. Yeah. Because like you were saying, Lake County versus Cook County, your taxes could be a ten thousand dollar difference and all of a sudden that four hundred thousand dollar house that wasn't affordable can jump, you know, potentially even more than that. So like every bit of those numbers definitely make a big difference for somebody. And Matt, you're exactly correct. Um, it's in assessments you see it in the city. So when somebody says you're approved for four hundred thousand, there's a monthly payment that you're approved for, and now they've estimated taxes and estimated HOA fees. And Matt's right. So if you're approved for four hundred thousand, and then you want to go buy a place that's you know four hundred thousand but has eighteen hundred dollar a month assessments, you might not be approved for four hundred thousand anymore. It might be much much lower than that. So that's absolutely correct. Now give me your uh, one or two tips uh, to somebody who's looking to. Be become a buyer so we said it earlier and it's said over and over but talk to a lender um you know no matter what anybody tells you you need a lender to run through the financials with you because thankfully i've never been in a situation where somebody was out didn't get pre-approved and saw something they liked and then couldn't get it but i have been in several situations where we were looking at one price point and i said who is your lender? Um, you know, and this is when I first was getting into the business. Oh, we haven't really gotten it pre-approved yet. We just did basic calculations. This is what we think we can afford. And I was, well, go talk to the lender. I can give you names. You can go to whoever you want. doesn't matter. But you need somebody to run the numbers for you. And all of a sudden, one of them was $200,000 more than they thought they could afford. Wow. They had no idea. And that makes a huge difference, as everybody would know, in what they can buy. Um, you know, so thankfully they got excited about the home buying process. They were no longer upset that they weren't finding what they wanted. Um, the other thing is, um, is is working with a realtor. And I'm not saying that as a realtor. I'm saying that because you generally pay more for a property when you're not working with a realtor. And you know, and there's other things. We know the market. We know how to negotiate. We know how to fight for you in the best way possible. And if you're working with somebody that you know that you have a good relationship with the process will be easier. They will get you things that you could not have gotten on your own or even thought of on your own. You are absolutely correct. That's I'm a very whole other topic. passionate about this. I have on. a tech startup <laughs> happening soon and we have a statistic. Both it's home sellers that don't use realtors typically get 10% less. It's like 246,000 across the country on average versus 270 something. And home buyers 
are typically ending up paying without realtors 8% more. So your realtor, especially for buyers, we're free to you guys. You're, you're crazy not to use a realtor, but uh, whether you're a seller or you're a buyer, use a realtor. And we got two good ones really quick. How do we contact you, Leela, if somebody wants to contact you? I don't know if you want to put out your phone number out on, on air. Oh, I don't care. It's whatever everywhere. Whatever you want, go for Call it. Call me. I have no shame. <laughs> go it's for it. 312-965-8405. And this will be recorded so you can rewind and go slow and write it down. But I'm Leela. I'd love to help in any way I can. And Matt, I don't know if you're going to get a bunch of people just calling you like they might call Leela, but <laughs> yeah, give, us, give us that's your contact true, but, information. Uh, my phone number is 847-714-2913. You can find me through there, social media, uh, company's website. My website will hopefully yeah. be up soon. There's, You can find us. We're, we're, we're not hidden. You can yeah. Google our names. You know, we're... Real estate agents that want to be found are easily found. That's right. All right. I got to thank our sponsors. So I'm going to read off of this. We got Mike Randick and Carmen Carbonara of Stewart Title. Thank you guys at Stewart Title. Tamika Scott with Money Matters Financial Peace. Um, she's an accountant. Tax season's coming up. So if you're not doing your taxes, give uh, Tamika a call. Denise Edenhofer with Fidelity National Home Warranty. If you're buying a home, a home warranty is a really important part of the process. Give Denise a call. Give Fidelity National Home a call. Get a home warranty. Uh, Jah- Jana Diaz with Credit Rx. If your credit's not good enough to buy yet, get credit repair. They can typically do it really fast and get you into a home really quickly. And again, Lisa Jacino with Allstate Insurance. You cannot buy a house without insurance, so give Lisa a call to get some insurance. And that's about a wrap. So Nick and Carla, I didn't goof this one up. You guys let me uh, land this plane with no problems. Um, Thank you for tuning in to Market Overdrive. You guys can find us on Facebook backslash Market Overdrive. You guys can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. I think we're on Twitter too. You can find us anywhere there's social media. We'll be back next week at five. And, and on what? On paddleboards and kayaks. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah, you anywhere. can find, you can us, find anywhere. us anywhere. We're everywhere you <laughs> want to find us. Next Thursday again at 5.30, we'll be back. Thanks for listening to and watching Market Overdrive.